The Christian Martyr's Last Prayer, painted by Jean-Léon Jérôme, circa 1870. The above painting serves as a reminder to the Christian reader. As bad as things are, we've seen worse. There was once upon a time, near the founding of our great religion, that the world's greatest superpower turned against us, persecuted us, captured us, and executed us for entertainment. The early Christians were mauled by large cats, forced to run the gauntlet where they were whipped and tortured to death, boiled in oil, and strapped to stakes where their smoldering bodies would serve as torches to illuminate the night. This lasted for nearly 250 years, with intermittent persecutions, on and off again, from AD 70 to 312. In that terrible time, the seeds of the early church were planted in the deep and fertile soil of men and women willing to die for their faith in Jesus Christ and his Catholic Church. Christians have seen many persecutions since this time. The two most comparable come from Islamists and Communists, wherein Christians were imprisoned and butchered in much larger numbers, minus the circus and freak show of the Roman Empire. Certainly, there are evil people in this world who would like to return to those days, salivating at the opportunity to watch us die at the claws of big cats, but not even the Islamists or Communists will go that far. Even they think that's a little excessive, and a bit weird. They're more content to behead us slowly, as is the case of the Islamists, or just work us to death in concentration camps, as in the case of the Communists. I seriously doubt American leftists will go this far, in spite of their Marxist influence. American leftists, especially those in the Democratic Party, have to at least present the image that they're more civilized than the communists and Islamists, and certainly more civilized than ancient pagans. So I don't think we have to worry about being fed to lions, boiled in oil, or lit up like tiki torches again. I doubt we'll be beheaded or put into concentration camps either. No, American leftists will have to be more clever than that. Their persecution of us will more likely take the shape of public ostracism, followed by social deplatforming, and financial disenfranchisement. In other words, we're witnessing it happen right now. It's called the cancel culture. The cancel culture has moved beyond big tech giants like Facebook and Twitter now. It's moving into financial institutions and some employers. Yes, people are already being fired for their Christian beliefs, posted on social media. In time, financial institutions will make it difficult for us to open bank accounts, get credit, and function in the modern world. No, it's not coming. It's already here. It's already here in a limited way, but it is growing, and it will continue to grow in the years ahead. It will only get worse. There is good news, however. American leftism is a weaker form of Marxism than their communist counterparts in East Asia and Latin America. They have to maintain the image that they're not against freedom, and the image that they're tolerant. This is because they can't appear to be attacking American institutions, like freedom of speech and freedom of religion. So they've got to be more careful about how they persecute us. They have to say they're not cancelling us for our religion, but rather for hate speech when we say religious things. For example, both the Bible and the Catechism explicitly teach that homosexuality, sodomy and lesbianism is a sin that requires forgiveness from God and repentance for salvation, Leviticus 18.22, Romans 1.18-32, 1 Corinthians 6.9-11, 1 Timothy 1.8-11, Jude 1.5-8, Catechism of the Catholic Church 2357-2359, 2396. Now, a message like that doesn't play well in leftist America. It is very much a part of the Catholic faith, and it cannot be changed, as much as some gay clergy might like to change it. So how does the Marxist left in America deal with this? They'll have to say, we're not canceling you for your religion, but for saying something that is intolerant toward the LGBT community. Even though quoting scripture and the catechism is required in our religion, it won't matter. They'll say, it's not the religion, but the discriminating things you say, even if they are religious, it doesn't matter. 
This clearly is religious persecution, under the thin, nearly transparent, veneer of intolerance and hate speech. Of course, this will be applied unequally. Such standards will not be applied to Islam because leftists generally fear Muslims, so they'll give them a pass. No, leftists are cry bullies. They generally persecute people whom they believe won't fight back, and sob like babies when somebody does. This all works to our advantage, because they can't just outright imprison us, or kill us, as much as many of them might want to. This is still the United States of America. Which means we do have options at our disposal, and we can act much faster than our Christian ancestors in ages past. We can do this to provide refuge for each other, stymie leftist efforts to transform America, and build a new foundation for our society when the current leftist paradigm collapses, which is the inevitable fate of all Marxists' ideologies. We don't need to defeat the left. We just need to outlive it, and we will. A parallel economy must be built, a parallel economy for Christians, and anyone else persecuted by the Marxist, cancel culture. It will be an economy within an economy. Obviously, we won't need to make our own money, or anything like that, as American dollars should be sufficient, or whatever currency the United States will be using in the years ahead, it could change after the Great Reset expected in 2021-25, who knows? Creating such a parallel economy might be a little tricky at times, but it won't be impossible. We already have the basic infrastructure. We always have. What it will require is a little courage and discipline. The following is by no means a comprehensive list of everything we'll need to do over the coming years. It's designed rather to be a kickstarter to get us going in the right direction. Get off Facebook and Twitter. These social media platforms are designed to censor free speech, through social engineering, by flagging accounts, removing posts, suspending accounts and deplatforming. The whole idea behind these platforms is to condition people into accepting new standards for social behavior, and persecuting those who don't comply. Some of these big tech giants actually influence elections, and by using their product, you're helping them gain more money even if you don't contribute a dime yourself. This is because with big tech, you are the product, not the customer. The reason why nobody at big tech is trying to sell you anything, is because you are the product being sold, to advertisers, for millions of dollars every day. This is why advertisements on Facebook and Twitter seem so relevant to you on your newsfeed. It's because an algorithm is used to assign specific advertisements to you, based upon your profile, posts, likes and clicks. A database is being collected about you, and everything you're interested in, for advertisers to use as they see fit. But it's worse than that, because these same algorithms can be used to track down wrong thinkers in the big tech world, to be targeted for censorship and possible deplatforming. There are better social networks out there, that don't engage in this kind of social engineering. The following are recommendations to get you off the social engineering platforms, and onto real platforms that are a little more friendly to the Christian worldview. Trade out Facebook, and Messenger for me. We trade out Twitter for Minds or Gab. Gab is Christian owned. Trade out Google for Duck. Duck. Go. Trade out YouTube for Rumble. Stop watching and reading big media news. It's biased and borders on propaganda now. I recommend switching to the following. One America News, OAN The Epic Times. Church Militant. LifeSite News. New Oxford Review. Get your money out of the bank and put it into a local credit union of some kind. Christian credit unions are preferred, but sometimes that's not a viable option in your immediate area. Sometimes, you have to settle for credit unions related to your county, or electric company, school or work related. Whatever credit union you choose, the objective here is to keep your money local, investing in your home city, town and neighborhood. Also, local credit unions are less likely to be influenced by pressure from the Marxist, cancel culture. 
seek out a reverend Catholic parish and become a member there, supporting it both with your time and your treasure. Click here to find one. Yes, this might mean you have to drive a bit to get to Mass. If that's the case, it might be time for a move closer to such a parish. However, if you want to start a Latin Mass in your immediate area, just click here and email Univoce for help. If you have an Anglican or Methodist background, or an immediate family member who does, a provision for Reverend Catholic Liturgy, in English, has been provided for you by Rome via the personal ordinariates of English patrimony. Just click here to see how to start one in your area, and email the Anglicanorum Coetibus Society for help. Volunteer to start a parish business directory, to be posted online somewhere, perhaps via MeWe, Minds or Gab, or on a website of your own making, as well as a printout flyer or booklet, that helps parishioners patron their fellow parishioners' businesses. Once you have this directory perfected, coordinate with other parishes in the area, and grow your directory. Perhaps a very modest fee could be collected for listings, ensuring the maintenance and upkeep of the website, and printing of the flyers slash booklets. Simply saying one is a Christian business is not good enough. Listings in these directories should be verified by checking to see if the business owner is actively participating in a local church, and can be vouched for by a local pastor. The bottom line is we Christians have to start supporting each other above all else, and we need the means to easily find each other's businesses. You can start by supporting my blogging apostolate right now. It's easy. I don't ask for donations. All you have to do is buy my book. Study the faith and teach it in your home. You might as well know what you're being persecuted for. Whatever you do, do not leave the education of your children, in the areas of history or religion, to anybody else. You alone, the parents, are responsible for that. If you send your children to public school, this may involve some re-education at home. Sorry, it's necessary, ideally, we should all homeschool our children, but I understand that is not possible for some families. Consider all your education options. Usually, if there's a will, there's a way, especially if churches help. If your church is large enough, and it doesn't already have a school, or some kind of academy or co-op for homeschoolers, it's time to lean on the pastor and parish board to get something going. If you have the means to invest, then consider investing in local Christian businesses, or buying up some local rental properties, keeping your money local. If you're into stocks, bonds and funds, contact the Knights of Columbus for an ethical investment strategy with integrity. When it comes to politics, focus on your city, county and state politics. Methods for doing this can be found here. I'm not telling you to ignore federal politics entirely. What I'm saying is the vast majority of freedoms you will ever experience in your life, will be guaranteed and defended by your state government, long before the federal government will ever notice or pretend to care. State government is where the real seat of power is. The federal government relies heavily on the states to enforce its laws, and if state governments refuse to comply, those federal laws just aren't enforced. It's as simple as that. So when it comes to politics, don't play the Marxist game of top-down governance. Work from the bottom up, city, county, state, then if you have any time left, maybe federal. But don't waste too much time on that federal nonsense. Your state is the one really in charge. That being said, if you live in a tyrannical blue state, where the cancel culture reigns supreme, do a quick assessment. If there is a viable chance of flipping your state from blue Marxist to red American, then by all means do so. If, however, there is no chance of that happening, it's time to move to a red state. You may have noticed a recurring theme in the above recommendations. Most of them are local in character. There are things you can do locally, right now, and they don't involve a lot of coordination with other people. This is because they follow the principle of subsidiarity, which is a natural law that the Catholic Church teaches, supports and defends, Catechism of the Catholic Church 1883-1885, 1894, 
Compendium on the Social Doctrine of the Church 77, 185 to 189, 214, 252, 351 to 357, 418 to 420, 441, 449. Subsidiarity is the idea that larger governments, businesses and networks, should always play a subsidiarity role to smaller governments, businesses and networks. In other words, the bigger things serve the smaller things, and the smaller things do as much as they can on their own, with as little help as possible from the bigger things. Subsidiarity is the exact polar opposite of Marxism, which always has a top-down approach. So when you operate under the principle of subsidiarity, you're refusing to play the Marxist game, and you're neutering their methods of control and manipulation. This is what made America great in her glory days. Americans came up with their own word for it. They called it federalism. But federalism only applies to the government. Subsidiarity is much broader than that. It applies to governance, economics and social networks. It literally applies to everything. So, we could say that American federalism is a limited type of subsidiarity, but it's not the equivalent. Subsidiarity is a much bigger concept that affects every area of human life, politics, economics and social networks. Once Marxist systems come crashing down under their own weight, and they always do eventually, the only social structures that remain are those built on the principle of subsidiarity. The cancel culture can't last. Oh sure. It can survive for a while, and it can do a lot of damage in the process. Because it is Marxist, however, it's destined for failure. We just don't know exactly when that inevitable collapse will come, and it might not be for a very long time yet. So it's imperative to build a parallel Christian economy right now, an economy within an economy, so that when that fateful day of collapse comes, and it will, our parallel economy will be the only thing left standing. In the meantime, however, we can help one another, support one another, and comfort one another this way. This, while the Marxist left rages against us, attempting to cancel that which they cannot, because it's not something under their control. Please share this message with every Christian you know.